0: I'll stop sharing. All right, let's begin. Everybody, welcome Roberto Cabrera, my partner in New York. Glenn Rice, my very special guest from Brown Harris Stevens in Fire Island. Hello. And Rob Kuhar, my very special guest from Douglas Elliman's uh, Fire Island office. I guess are you in your office on Fire Island right now?
1: I am not. I am. Uh, I'm slumming it in, in the city today. Okay. <laughs>
0: and welcome everybody to episode 59 with uh 59 episodes with Roberto who would have believed it
2: who would have believed it
0: and this is the fire island show so uh some of the things that we wanted to talk about from you know uh were the fire island of 2022 and how it's changed in the last 10 years and we wanted to find out i guess specifically about the real estate uh on fire island so with no further ado let's let's just Jump right in. Glenn, how long have you been on Fire Island?
3: Uh, this is my fourth full-time summer. Four so, years. So I've, I've been visiting for over 20 years, but sporadically. And um, I lived in the Hamptons 20 or so years ago. Um, but I bought a house here in 2018. And this is my fourth full summer. And I've mostly been here full-time uh, since then, um, especially since the pandemic started.
0: You know, Roberto's a Hamptons kind of guy. Can you get Roberto to give up the Hamptons and come to Fire Island?
3: Well, I guess that depends on what Roberto's house is like. Um, (laughs) If I can pry him away from that. I mean, if we're gonna get right into it, you know, one of the benefits of Fire Island is no matter what town you're in, uh, no matter where you are located in that town, you are a short stroll to the beach. And I love the Hamptons, but unless you are putting down major digits of money, that's not something that most people can do. Here, every house is a maximum five-minute walk to the beach.
0: And when you say major digits, I mean, we're all real estate people here. You know, whisper to me, what are we talking? I, I understand from my research that we're talking about the million-dollar price point on
3: average of oh. our island. I'm just talking major digits in the Hamptons. It costs you, you know, it's uh, major digits to be walking distance to the beach in the Hamptons. Here, it can be done for six figures.
0: Six figures, really?
3: Yeah. Okay. There are are houses under a million here. Um, They come up regularly. They're less and less, uh, and certainly a lot less than they were before the pandemic, but it's absolutely doable.
0: And Rob, how long have you been on the island?
1: So I bought my first house about twenty years ago. I bought the house that I have now about seventeen years ago, and um, I opened the uh, Douglas Element Ocean Beach office in two thousand nineteen. Just absolutely spectacular timing, because the next was a disaster. Um, but yeah, I, I I am right there with Glenn. I I, I stepped foot on on Fire Island, and the next week, I was looking at houses to buy. It so, really was a special place.
0: So, Rob, why don't you start and give us a 20,000-foot view of what is Fire Island? Because Roberto and I found that we we know nothing about Fire Island yesterday, and we're probably typical uh, in that respect.
1: Yeah. Um, thanks, John. So, Fire Island is – I am always – amazed at how many people don't know about Fire Island or only have a passing familiarity with what it is. It's it's 33 miles long. It's in my town, Ocean Bay Park. It's literally two blocks wide. Um, There's 17 communities on Fire Island, two of which are the gay communities, uh, the pines and the grove. Uh, And realistically, it, it really is the, it's one of the more Pristine beach communities, I would say, in the world. Well, not the world, but definitely this country. So, if you're looking at the Atlantic, looking at the Pacific, it's not overbuilt. You don't have high rise hotels. You don't have, uh, you know, uh, water parks, golf courses, things like that. It, it is really just a place to hop on a ferry, take a 20 minute ride, walk everywhere. And or- you don't have cars. So there's no cars. You can literally, um, I don't know if you can see, but you can take the Robert Moses Bridge and then park over here, it's called Field Five, and then walk all the way to Watch Hill. But there's no cars on Fire Island. And, um, you know, it's one of the things that really drew me to Fire Island because I wanted, eventually I wanted kids and I wanted those kids to be able to ride bikes. And I wanted those kids not to get hit by car, by drunk drivers. And Fire Island is just a a fantastic community for me to take the kids and not worry about how they're gonna get home at night or even getting lost, they can't get lost. You either go left or right. Eventually you're gonna run into somebody that knows you and can bring the kid back home. So uh, it really is, I mean, spectacular is an understatement. And I, I, I will tell you this one real thing, one real quick. Is that September and October are the best months to go on Fire Island? Maybe not today with all the rain, but the weather is spectacular. The crowds are gone. The ocean is wonderfully warm, and the ferries are still running. That's something we'll talk about a little bit later. But,
0: yeah. So if there's no roads, do I have to walk? Because I, I I saw when I saw photos of Fire Island, I saw tire tracks in the sand.
1: Yeah. So if you have a, um, uh, if you're a year-round resident, if you're handicapped, or if you are a a, a construction uh, worker owner, then you can get what's called over sand permits, which means you literally take your four by four truck and go over the beach in order to cut in. There are roads. Um, some of the the communities on the east and west side just have wooden walkways uh, in the center where where my focus is we have concrete walkways, and there are construction vehicles and Jeeps and trucks and carting companies there, but they're few and far between.
0: So mostly everybody walks everywhere every day.
1: You either have a, a, a bike. Um, a okay. guy, if you've got a handicap sticker or you have to walk. Yes.
2: All right. So I'm, I'm just curious. So
1: it doesn't seem,
2: just on the surface, doesn't seem very conducive, for example, like a family in the sense of this. Um, you know, when you travel from, you know, you leave the city and you go wherever you want to go, you always say, I'm not going to take all this stuff with me, right? But it ends up being a traveling roadshow because you have, you know, strollers and this and that and the other, you know, and a lot of times you're kind of living out of the car because you still have stuff in the car, you haven't brought it in. If I have to drive and I have to park at the Robert Moses and I live halfway up the island, or if I take a, you know, or if I take a ferry, I have to disembark all of that stuff from my car. And then, I mean, it's a, that's tough.
1: Yeah, so that's one of the charms about Fire Island is that you have to plan accordingly. And <laughs> the great things about a lot of the communities is that they'll have these teenagers or tweenagers there with their cart to help people who just got off the ferry with their crib, with their stroller, with their beer, with their food, load it onto the cart and help them walk it to their house. That's
2: so great.
1: It is, it is a, it, I mean, it, it's amazing. I can it also- seems pretty sweet. <laughs> All right, so Glenn, are you in
0: Ocean Bay Park?
3: No, I'm in the pines.
0: You're in the pines? Yes. All right, that's like way over to the e- on the edge. I mean, you're, you're, it's, it looks like you're, well, according to this map, it's got the star. Does it also include all that green to the right?
3: Uh, no, that green, uh, that green on the map, yes, that would be the pines. I guess in this case, the brown is the, uh, is the national park. And um, just to go back to what was being said, for instance, there are multiple ferries. You take the ferry to whichever town you're going to. Uh, once you get to that town the towns are all very small you are not carrying your things for three miles etc you're carrying them for half a mile mostly uh in the pines in the grove we have wagon racks so people put their stuff in the wagon the people on the ferry help you unload everything especially in high season you are not allowed to unload your own stuff they take everything off for you um And I can't speak for all of the other communities, but certainly in the Pines and in Cherry Grove, we have a mobility cart access system where people can reserve a volunteer to pick them up in a a cart, take them to their house. Uh, We have a lot of uh, elderly residents and also people who uh, are handicapped or have been in an accident who otherwise would not be able to come out here because of the walking nature of everything. Um, So... And in addition, you can have everything delivered. So uh, if you want to shop at Costco, you go to Instacart, they deliver to the freight service. The freight service either brings it to the dock and you pick it up there, or they bring it to your house for an extra fee. So there's um, there's ways around everything that is that could be perceived as a difficulty. Um, and it's just a different, it's a different way of living here. You don't jump in your car to go do everything, you walk to do it. And just as um, was just being said, if you have dogs, if you have children, you have none of those worries here that you have everywhere else in the country, really. And to be as far off from the mainland as we are, uh, it's a different climate. Uh, yesterday, walking along the beach, I saw dolphins jumping. I've seen a number of whales here and there. You, you can see those, of course, uh, in the Hamptons, et cetera. But being further out, um, you're much closer to the wildlife here.
2: What's the commute like to get there from the city? Like, what are the options and how long does it take?
3: Um, do you want to answer this or should I?
1: Well, it depends on where you are. So without traffic, from me going, literally leaving my house, getting on the ferry, if I caught everything exactly right, it would be an hour and a half to the east side without traffic. That's including the 20 minute ferry. Normally it could be as much as three hours, and two and a half It's difficult getting out, out of the, the city hour. kind of thing.
3: <laughs> yeah, I have found, I live in Williamsburg uh, when I'm not here. And the fastest that you get to Sayville, which is where my ferry is, is about an hour and eight minutes. And uh, if there's been an accident, of course, during rush hour, that can go to two and three hours. The ferry ride for me is 20 minutes.
2: Is the ferry limited? Like, for example, when we were talking to the people from like Nantucket and Martha's Vineyards, like you have to reserve those in advance or is there plenty of space?
3: In the pines, you don't reserve. There's a schedule uh, during the season, there are there's basically one every hour starting at 6.30 in the morning, um, and Friday and Saturday, they go till 11 o'clock at night, um, but you don't reserve here, um, and it's, uh, you park across the street from the ferry. Also, if you take the train from Penn Station, once you get to Sayville, there's, uh, there are vans there waiting. You give them six bucks, they take you straight to the ferry. From that so the infrastructure is all here for it to be easy for the commute to be easy
0: so what i'm wondering uh is there's no are there hardware stores is there a convenience store Are there are there restaurants or is it just houses and if i got if i want anything i have to get on a ferry and to go get it i mean
3: is well, there a so
1: town? It, really, it really depends on the community so there's a town called robin's rest now also realize that these are not incorporated towns. These are more like neighborhoods. So Robin's Rest is two blocks wide. It is sand, there is no concrete, there is no walkways, there is nothing. There's also no hardware store, no restaurant in Ocean Beach has a hardware store, uh, six or seven restaurants, uh, a community center for the kids to put on plays. Liquor store? There are several liquor <laughs> There's even a, um, a mini hospital that the um, um, South Shore uh, runs. So it, it, there, there are full service communities on Fire Island as well as nothing.
0: Houses. It, it sounds like Ocean City is the only one with a liquor store, a convenience store and a hardware store. I mean, it sounds like the only place I could live.
3: No, uh, not necessarily true. I mean, for instance, if you go to Water Island, there's no store at all. Um if you're in the pines, we have a liquor store. It I think that used to be the hardware store, but the people spoke. Um we have a liquor store there, we have a grocery store there, uh plant flower store, a couple of clothing boutiques, um uh, barbershop, pizza place, uh, a casual restaurant, a fancier restaurant, a nightclub, uh, a bar um
0: now the pines is one of the two or three gay communities on the island
3: i would say two yes
0: okay because that was they write on fireisland.com that there's great misperceptions about the fact that fire island is gay fire island is not gay just the pines and cherry grove and Uh, you were just you were just playing into the stereotype saying they got rid of their hardware store but they have a flower store I just wanted to point that out. I, uh, well, I, I thought um, that was
3: fun. I think everybody likes flowers. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so Cherry Grove also has a liquor store. Um, they have a lot of restaurants in Cherry Grove, including the only restaurant on Fire Island that's on the ocean called Sandcastle. Um, they have a nightclub, a pizza place, an Italian place, a place called Top of the Bay, which is semi-fancy. Um You need to make
2: reservations at these places?
3: In the summer, yeah. I mean, you can always walk in and see what happens, but uh, peak season, those places are booked.
1: Yeah. So just to close the circle on that, about 75% of the towns are fully uh, self-sufficient with restaurants, liquor stores, whatever. Uh, There's very few that actually are.
3: Yeah. And our grocery store here, they figured it out over the decades the little things that you need, light bulbs, et cetera, they have all of those in stock. Now, the other thing, uh, which I'm sure is true for Ocean Beach also, Rob will correct me if I'm wrong, but all of the local stores on the mainland in Sayville, you call them up, you buy what you want, they deliver it to the ferry for you, ferry brings it across, you pick it up at the ferry. So can you run out and grab it in an instant? No, but can you get it the same day? Absolutely.
0: So I think I read somewhere that there's 800,000 people descend on. Uh, I mean, there's a community of what 4,000 houses, and 800,000 people come across on all those ferries that you said are running every hour. That felt crowded to me when I when I read that, and that was may, many years ago. It might be over a million high season now. Is it is it crowded or is it is it uh, undiscovered? Sure.
1: It's over a million, but that's over the season. So that's not every weekend a million people are descending on Fire Island. That's how many people are in the ferry over the course of the season. And you- there, are, there are day trippers that come just on the weekends. So they come out on Saturday and they leave on the last boat Saturday night or they stay overnight for just the weekend. Um, but during the week, it's pretty quiet normally. Well, if you-
0: mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead, John. Well, I'm imagining 200 days, 5,000 people a day uh, would get me to a million. So uh, and that's generous. That's that's a very long season. But you're, you're, is this very short season or very long? Is it is it three months, 90 days?
1: So if you want to get into the, uh, the real estate aspect of it, um, when I'm talking to buyers, for, especially first time buyers on Fire Island, the typical season is about 14 weeks. But I tell them only to really bank on ten weeks. That's rentable, because there's a couple of weeks in June that you know will go vacant, whatever it is. So I was I was talking with um, my mortgage guy, and you know we all know that the Fed just raised interest rates, and where, where are we now on the jumbo? Where are we on investment properties versus um, so I, John? Uh, do you want to get into this or? Oh yeah, yes, keep going. You're yeah, on a roll. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Um, so I, I was talking to him that, you know, where, where are banks right now for second home versus investment? Um, Cause there's really, you really can't count fire on as a primary unless you are, unless you're on there full time. So he was saying basically the second homes in the mid fives investments in the high sixes, both you can put 20% down, but let's just say, for example, it's five and a half percent, 20% down. Say you're, more, you're getting a mortgage for a million dollars. So that works out to about $5,500 a month. Now, what you do is you multiply that by 12. You got about 70,000. You add in your incidentals, which is flood insurance, homeowners insurance, taxes, another 15,000 on that. You're about 83, $85,000 for your annual nut for a million a million two home, right? When I'm talking to people and they wanna be able to offset that expense, I tell them to take their annual divided by 10 and see if you can get that for a weekly rental. So say for that, you're talking about $85,000 for the year divided by 10 is $8,500 for the week. Can you rent that house out for $8,500 a week? Most likely for a million, a million five home, You'll be able to get $8,500 a week. The problem is that when you're looking at anything under the million five, it's going to need some work, at least on the front end. Anything in two and above, you can get really turnkey, really gorgeous. There are some spectacular homes in the Pines, uh, in Kismet, in, in, in Saltaire, in, in the $2 million range. I actually have a $3 million oceanfront listing. It needs a little bit of work, but if you were to, to transplant this home to the Hamptons or Montauk or the North Shore, you're, you know, especially the Hamptons, you're talking about a 15, $20 million home.
0: Pull it up, show us while you keep talking.
1: All right, I, I, I can't multitask like that. You're asking, okay. I, well,
3: I'll, talk, I, I'll talk, I'll talk it up. Uh, that, I, is, that is one of the great things about Fire Island is that you can still buy a house here and if you want to rent it out to cover your costs for the year, it is eminently doable. Um, I think that it's probably still possible in the Hamptons, but less and less so. There we go.
0: Three million bucks.
1: Three million dollar oceanfront, four bedroom convertible, six, three and a half bath. And how much land is that? This is an ocean beach.
2: There is. Land is that on? How much the oh, So,
1: you know what? That's interesting because it's really that the plots, the lots in, in Fire Island are very small. A 100 by 100, a, a 10,000 square foot lot is extremely large for Fire Island. So, you're typically looking at 60 by 100, 60 by 80, 50 by 100, or 50 by 80. So, you're really looking in the 4,000 to 7,500 foot range. This particular house is 6,000 square feet on the lot. Twenty five hundred for the house itself. So, so you really get to know your neighbors. You really do get to know. I mean, good fences make good neighbors. <laughs> um, but realistically, there's very few oceanfront homes that are on the market right now. There's essentially a teardown for two point two million. There's an off market home for four point five million. You know, it, it really is the the Hamptons alternative.
0: So I was reading last night about. Um post covid rental prices at 17, 18, uh, even 20,000 bucks per week. So is is the house you just showed us a 17 or $20,000
1: a week rental? So this home is between 15 and 175 depending on the week, but it doesn't have a pool. So right now everybody who is coming into the market are looking for space to put a pool in they're really getting a premium for that and you know we are seeing that transformation of the small fire island cottages some of the houses on fire island were literally lifted and floated over when they were building the northern and the southern state parkways they were <laughs> they were bought for a dollar and they were floated onto the island and dropped on pilings those really charming cottages are getting torn down and new not mega mansions but mini mega mansions are are being built can can we back a little bit can we back
2: up just a little bit and just let's just assume i'm a buyer and i wanted and i'm interested and i say you know hey tell me about the island you know on the western part of the island it's more like this and as you gravitate to the east it changes in this manner um you know this used to be you know, this wasn't developed at all and now this is really boomed. Like give me a certain like just quasi history of just what the island is if I was to come and I wanted to understand, if you guys could.
3: Well, I would say that uh, one of the wonderful things about Fire Island is that every community has its completely uh, complete identity, different identity than other places. Uh, For instance, where I'm living, Cherry Grove, was developed first. So when you go there, the houses are cottages, sometimes almost Victorian. Um, They're small. Very few of them have pools. Uh, There is no road in Cherry Grove. It's all boardwalks. When you come over to the pines, the lots are larger. The houses are larger. Most of the people here have pools. Um, We do have a road, Fire Island Boulevard, that runs through. Um, And so, it's just a different uh, character, different characteristics. If you go to Salt Air or Fair Harbor, you're going to see something similar, but totally different. There, Salt Air and Fair Harbor have different architecture than Cherry Grove. Cherry Grove with the older 30s, 40s, 50s, the Pines with some stuff from the 50s, but mostly 60s onward. And of course, the Pines has a really rich tradition in mid century architecture. There's a wonderful book called Fire Island Modernist which is about the architect, Horace Gifford, is written by the architect, Christopher Rollins. um, And it uh, profiles all of his houses, not just in the pines, but uh, throughout Fire Island, which I highly recommend.
2: So as you walk through, if you were to walk your way through a lot of those townships, at least in the major, in the kind of center left part, you would distinctly notice a difference as you start to walk through and you can say, oh, this is this township, this, oh, this is this. we're definitely here.
1: It's not that distinctive.
3: I think so, for sure, yeah. yeah. Rob?
1: Yeah, um, I would say, yeah, there, you know, every town has its own character. Um, but uh, again, we are seeing more modernist architecture coming on. And by modernist, I'm, I'm talking about really maximizing the usable square footage. So um, there are, the characteristics of each town are absolutely there, especially as you get to the smaller ones, like I had mentioned Robin's Rest or Lonelyville, you know, you'll be able to tell where you are. And, and if you ever do get the chance to just ride a bike from one side to the other, it really is interesting to see the, the different characteristics of each town. As you
2: go are, are there any um, building restrictions in a sense, not necessarily of height, but of style on, in, in any of these little townships?
3: Style, not that I'm aware of. Height, of course, yeah.
1: Yeah. So when Fire Island is broken up between two townships, Islip and Brookhaven, and um, they each have their own regulations with regards to building codes and what you can build they can't tell you the style there's no historical um committee but, you have to go in front of
2: so i could build whatever i want
1: yeah
2: neighbors could hate it but i could build it
1: within it this has happened yeah. <laughs> it has definitely happened <laughs> okay
2: is there a distinction like there's a premium to be on the atlantic side as opposed to the bay side um, is there anything like that
1: Yeah, there's probably a 20% premium on that. Excuse me one second.
3: I would say uh, that, and at least that, depending on the house, um, the ocean is more expensive. It just is. Uh, The Bay um, is peaceful. Um, It's a little bit warmer than when you're on the ocean, but in the pines here, a three or four bedroom house on the bay and the ocean can each rent for about 20 grand a week. So some people prefer the bay, some people don't wanna be on the bay at all. Um, depending on which way you go, the differential could be, yeah, I would say up to 20%, maybe even a little bit bigger if you had a small house on the bay versus a large house on the ocean.
2: How common is it that people are buying you know, places, really, they're because they're old, they're just buying them really just to get the plot of land. They raise the house and they just just new build.
1: I yeah, find, it, it, go it's ahead, happening Ryan. more and more frequently. As long as you can get the, the, the size of the property, like there is a huge difference between getting a 50 by 100 lot and a 75 by 100 lot. It's not just 50% difference. It's basically double the price because you can build so much more.
2: But there is a zoning board of some sort whereby you can only build up to, you know, within so many feet of the perimeter, et cetera, right? And all those.
3: In the pines, it's about, you can cover your lot about, I think it's 33.5%. You can't go more than two stories. Uh, If it's new construction now, you have to follow the current FEMA guidelines, which um, uh, have changed over the years probably 10 or 12 years ago, you had to be six feet up. I would say now it's more like nine. Um, and I don't know here, uh, we're seeing some stuff being torn down, but also here we're seeing a lot of things just being restored, especially with the mid-century houses, especially the Horace Gifford houses. There's a beautiful one on the Bay that was bought last year, which, uh, had been in the same family since it was built in 69 and it was actually plopped onto the sand, um, survived all, survived Sandy and everything very well. Um, but the new owners in order to get flood insurance at the actual market price rather than, um, the risk price, which they had with it on the ground, that house is now definitely 10 feet up in the air. Um, and, uh, yeah, I th- think that's the answer really.
2: So no one goes into the ground.
3: There's no basements. No, you, uh, you ha- can have space. There's one house in the pines with the basement. Um, it's a garage actually. Well, there's one, um, but uh, no, you have crawl spaces under there. If you winterize the house that becomes enclosed and insulated and heated um, and can be a storage area but no basements as we know them on the mainland.
2: I was I'm glad you brought up flood insurance because the, the island, just by looking at it, looks very vulnerable. It's just a little stick surrounded mm-hmm. by water. I mean, how is it difficult to get flood insurance? Is it ridiculously expensive?
3: Rob, you want to take that? It
1: really depends on it depends on the house itself. You know, as Glenn was saying, if you are at FEMA regulations, you can get very inexpensive. Um, my personal house is about three thousand dollars a year for my flood insurance. Um, the listing that I had just sent you, the flood insurance is about $2,500 a year. There are houses that are closer to the ground where the flood insurance $15,000, $17,000 a year. It is doable. It, it comes with a price.
3: And also, if you have an old house and the federal flood insurance has been maintained throughout, your grandfather did at that rate. But if that ever lapses, you come into the new risk-adjusted rates. And in order to get back to the affordable rate, you have to make the changes that FEMA requires, which is basically lifting it up off the ground.
2: And what kind of expense is that? If you had to lift your house by a foot or two, what does that cost? It's
1: cheap, it's it's $300,000. It's no big deal, just just do it. (laughs) It really is. Um, The cost of your Maybach, John. (laughs) <laughs> the, um, you know, I know some people that'll that'll do a trade um it's I mean here's
0: a here's a shot of one of the less dense uh parts solitaire uh, yeah. Now so, some of these I mean that looks more like the Hamptons I mean the houses are pretty far apart. It's got a wide beach with nobody on it. It's got plenty of green space I mean that's beautiful. Um, some of the other pictures that I was uh, seeing of Ocean City. Let me see if I can pull it up. Uh, well, Ocean Beach. Pretty dense. Yeah, here it was. Ocean Beach. Let's visit. Boom. So yeah.
1: is that more typical? So Ocean Beach is the only town that has a sewer system. So the houses can be built closer together. All the other towns need Septic cesspool, so you need to have that additional space between the houses. So, when you were looking at the other, the Saltaire home, you were probably looking at a few different communities with that break between them. So, the Fireland National Seashore owns significant disparate chunks of the land that you cannot build on, which is the delineation between certain towns.
3: Which is really one of the most wonderful things about living here is you're effectively living in a national park.
2: Hmm. Okay, guys, I have a million and a half. I have a million and a half dollars. What do you? Where, how do you guide me? What can I buy,
1: Rob? I've got a tear down on a nice piece of plot, a plot of land, for a million and a half. It's off the market. Feel free to reach out to me. Um, But otherwise, you're looking at relatively, you know, a four bedroom, two bath, generic one of the mill, slightly nicer than the sub million dollar houses.
2: And what could I build on the $1.5 million lot? How much would it cost me to build it? Well,
1: That's even a better question. And I'm not really too sure about the, the eastern side. Glenn may know that. But the western side, 10 years ago, it was $300 a foot. Now it's in the seven eight hundred dollars a foot. I just got word that one of my friends got quoted fourteen hundred dollars a foot to build. I have a feeling the builder did not want that job. You know, you can definitely guesstimate seven to eight hundred dollars a foot.
2: Is there a distinct premium between building on Fire Island and building literally across the bay on the mainland?
1: Yeah, hundred ten percent. Trying to work the logistics of building on Fire Island. It's not only getting everything to the ferry, it's getting everything from the ferry to the island, from the ferry on the island to the job site, and then working with only certain machinery that's allowed on the island itself. Yes, so so how do you
2: do that? You have the kids take all the drywalls (laughs) on (laughs) the street?
3: Well, here in the Pines, uh, we have a freight company which is operated by the same people who run the ferry service called Coastline Freight you have everything you want delivered to them they bring it to the freight dock as opposed to the passenger dock where the ferry is um, then your contractor can either pick it up there in their truck or you can have coastline deliver the items to the site itself but you said in a truck
2: so they actually they do uh, allow construction to- have-
3: yes oh,
1: sorry Yeah, construction and carting companies are allowed to have trucks, you know, the big, not huge dump trucks with four wheels on the back, but smaller dump trucks that they can cart lumber, uh, pilings, machinery, things like that.
0: Okay.
1: Okay.
0: Talk about the pr- talk about prices uh, since COVID. I would imagine that with COVID, um, maybe Fire Island uh, was got discovered over the last couple of years, uh, by people who suddenly valued uh, privacy, getting away, less density, you know, and didn't mind having to take a ferry to get, to get where they were going.
1: Yeah, 110%, John, you nailed it on the head. In 2019, there were 96 sales on all of Fire Island and the average price was under $900,000. So 2021, there were 260 sales averaging a million, 1.1 million. And this year, the number, is, the, the number of transaction is down substantially. We're only at 66 so far this year, uh, but the, the average price is 1.2 million. So we've gone up 50% in three years since covid hit, And it really has been, you know, COVID was, the unintended consequences were all over the place. People were no longer renting out their Hamptons homes, So people were looking for rentals on Fire Island. Then they found Fire Island and they decided they want to live there. It just happened to me this weekend. Somebody was out for the weekend. They came out 20 years ago with their friends. They they rediscovered it as a mini vacation from Long Island. And this past weekend, they put a bid on one of the houses in literally four days. So, you know, it really is nice to, to have that, Renaissance on Fire Island.
2: Is the contraction of the deal volume because of inventory? Well, for you
1: know, 121 was just an extraordinary year, as we all know. It was, it was like something we've never seen. I think that yeah. that kind of let the air out of the balloon for uh, a lot of the, the, the markets, uh, second home destinations in particular. Uh, And we are just now, yeah, and for the first half of the year, there was nothing on the market. We're starting to see inventory pick up a little bit. Glenn, I think that you can probably talk a little bit better about your side, but I'm definitely seeing it on my side.
3: It's still tight over here, for sure, but um, there are definitely some people who are either just moving on with their life, taking advantage of the higher prices. Um, A lot of the people who bought uh, in the pines in the last year or two. Um, a lot of younger people who have winterized their houses, they do rent them, but they rent them less. So, um, it's just the, I wouldn't say the demographic is changing necessarily, but the way that people use the house is changing. It's very slowly becoming more year round. Um, it's not a year round community. All the stores here are closed November 1st. Um, so you have to bring in what you want or have it delivered. But um, I think last year in the pines alone, I think uh, Rob, you just said 90 some houses in all of Fire Island in 2019, is that correct? So last year in the pines alone, 62 houses sold. So that tells you that tells you a lot. Inventory is tight here um so the people who are say- sell-
2: the people who are selling you said they're moving on with their lives was so that i mean is typically older people who have had a generation there and they're kind of finished with it and they're moving on or is it
3: not necessarily um you know we have some people who have been coming here since the 60s and 70s and they're not going anywhere and for instance the mobility access cart for some of them makes that possible uh others are you know having a boardwalk system certainly seems to keep people healthy I uh, have some neighbors well into their 80s and you see them running around everywhere all the time um, I'm sorry what was the second part of that question
2: I was just wondering where you know who these what the oh. typical like how you get how that all that inventory came available initially even to sell to have that type of volume in 2021
3: well you know. I have a I have a new listing which is a younger couple. They've owned the house for 10 years. It's a Horace Gifford, it's immaculate, uh, listed at 2.35. If you want, anyone wants to look it up, it's 617 Shore Walk. Um, they've been here 10 years. This season is a perfect bookend of 10 seasons here for them. Uh, they've adopted a baby in the last five months, and they're just moving on. They're, uh, they have a house in Connecticut, which they're gonna be spending time at. In New Canaan?
1: Of course. (laughs) Yeah, of course.
3: So, so Uh,
1: go ahead, Glenn. Go ahead, Rob. So the the three distinct sellers I've noticed are the older generation that are just tired of schlepping everything from the ferry uh, to the house. Um, The people who need to um, sell for whatever reason, death, divorce, bankruptcy, whatever it is. That's a smaller portion. But the second largest portion, though, is people who are trading out one Fire Island house for another. So I, I see that quite often that once it happened to me, right? I bought my first house, it was a small little, tiny little cottage, fixed it up, so I bought the, the bigger house that I'm in. Yeah. And we Makes- see more and more more migration on Fire Island rather than off Fire Island.
0: Right. So, what listing is this? This is the uh, two and a half million that he's listing.
3: This, this is six seventeen Shorewalk in the pines.
0: Beautiful. And who did you say design that?
3: Horace Gifford.
2: Beautiful.
3: The house. So that's was, on how much land. I'm sorry.
2: That's on how much land? Like the plot is About what?
3: About acres. Okay.
2: Same.
0: So, um, we w- w- we talk. Roberto said he shows up with a million and a half dollars and you answered the question and you said, I can give you a tear down on a nice lot or I can give you a rather ordinary house in Ocean Beach. I think that's what you said. Um, talk to me about what, where the opportunities are going forward. Do you think that Fire Island is oversold? Just for a point of perspective, in Connecticut, uh, I think that on a typical year, in this town, we have 250 sales, and during COVID, we had 500. So we doubled from a 5% of the, of the total inventory, a town of 8,000 homes, 5% on an ordinary year turns over, and we had 10%. You had two and a half times for, for perspective. Instead of 90, you had 250. So uh, that's, that's really incredible. That's more than your average Fairfield County town. Uh, experiencing COVID. And you said the prices went up from 900 to a million one, and now they're holding at a million two. Where do you see this going next year? Do you see us returning to a normal of 90, but the prices staying elevated? Or is talk of a recession, talk of interest rate fears, and all that causing people to think differently about second homes than they think about their first home?
1: So, great question. And I'll tell you what I tell most people, which is historically, for years, for decades, people have. So, Fire Island, a lot of houses are not on the market, but they will be sold for the right price. So, they're not listed on MLS. You have to come in to boots on the ground to see them.
0: You have to know a guy?
1: You have to know a guy. And, and listen. <laughs> I know a guy, um, but people don't need to sell necessarily because as we talked about in the beginning, if you rent out 10 weeks, eight weeks, six weeks of your house, you paid the entire nut. So if you're putting an aspirational price on the house, if you're putting a million and a half dollar price tag on a million dollar home, you can wait for the tide to rise because you don't need to sell. Uh, I don't know I'm, I don't know about um, Connecticut, but when when you're able to rent out the house and use it for eighty percent of the time yourself, then there's no real incentive to drop your price to you know there's no real fire sales going on in fire Island.
3: And I would say uh, I was sp- speaking with a broker yesterday who called about the house we just saw on Shore Walk, and uh, his response was, oh, almost all of my uh, clients are paying in cash. I don't know how that is in other towns in Fire Island, um, but there, there's certainly a lot of that going on here. And to go back to what Rob was just saying, for instance, let's say you buy an apartment building in Manhattan with a 5% cap rate. And um, so, uh, you pay $3 million for something that generates $150,000 and you manage 12 apartments, et cetera, all year round. Here, you have the opportunity to get that same return, but you can get it in four to five months without having multiple units to manage uh, on a daily basis like that. So I think that there's going to be a real explosion of investor interest out here because there just aren't many places where those numbers exist.
0: What's the rental per week peak season for that $2.5 million house we just saw?
3: Uh, I would say 15.
2: What are the taxes on, the, on that house for the year?
3: Eight or 9,000.
2: And it's how many square feet?
3: Uh, just under 1700, and then the deck space is about the same, a little bit bigger.
0: And has the last owner or the next owner going to be full time there, or is this, do you think, just a, a seasonal getaway?
3: Um, the house is winterized, so it could be full time. I am finding, even with myself, that I like a break now and then. So, and I think with the advent of Airbnb, people are not as interested as they were 10 years ago in renting a house for the season in the Hamptons or in Fire Island, et cetera. Maybe they wanna go one, one week here, two weeks here, a month there, et cetera. Um, of course, there are always the people also, especially last year when travel was so problematic, who just wanna be in one place. Um, but I think that Airbnb says a lot about that. People like to go to different places for shorter amounts of time rather than one place for a longer period of time. Of course, that can be uh, different if you have small children, etc. You might not want to be jumping around quite as much.
1: Also, big money is starting to move into Fire Island. Um, the Palms Hotel in Ocean Beach just traded hands. And the Ice Palace in the Grove is mm-hmm. bought by a Florida firm. So we are seeing a lot of outside interest in this wonderful quiet little hamlet that
3: we have here yeah and i think that's because people realize you can make these hugely competitive returns in a very short period of time
2: you're just here's, here's, sorry I'm, go ahead
3: i'm sorry
0: i just wanted oh, to understand, understand where it is so there's long beach there's jones up beach island which is just which is just a beach, and then there's this Fire Island is here. So it's really in the middle of the island and it reaches all the way to West Hampton Beach, right?
3: Correct. Uh, There is a break, I believe. Yeah, right there. Okay, right there. Yeah.
0: And so you take a a ferry from Fire Island, although it looks like there's a causeway here.
1: Yeah, so that's where the commercial trucks go. So there is, uh, you need that bridge right there Uh uh-huh for the trucks to get off island to take off the garbage or bring in propane gas or whatever you're going to be doing
0: but my contractor can't use that bridge yes he can
3: he can and in the in the winter he does for instance uh he would drive across that bridge with his permit and then drive on the beach down to whichever town he was working in
0: see scott hobbs there's an opportunity for you yet
1: And speaking of the winter, if you've never seen the snow on the beach at night on a clear cloudless evening, it's surreal. It's like something you've never seen. I strongly recommend it. Go
0: ahead, Roberta.
2: Glenn, Glenn, had just listed, Glenn, you listed something for like six and a half million or something? Uh, that's correct. Where, that's can correct. we just see that, where is that?
3: Uh, sure. Uh, if someone wants to do that nifty trick for me again, 443 sale walk.
2: And so is that on a larger piece of property?
3: No, that is not on a larger piece of property. Uh, that is actually my personal house. Um, and going back to the cap rates, the, uh, the income of that house reflects about a 5% cap rate. Uh, it was built in 1961. Um, it's really, it's, a uh, I would say it's the iconic House of the Pines. I've brought it up to speed. It's always been well-maintained, was fully renovated 15 years ago. But um, if you keep scrolling, you'll see what the view is and it's pretty out of this world. Those are the guest rooms in the bedroom. This is the main living room with the view coming up.
0: Can I just rent one of those cabins? I just need the one with the toilet.
3: (laughs) (laughs) You know. We'll talk budget later. Uh, but you can see through that window right there. It, uh, it stretches straight across the National Park. You see the bay on the left, the ocean on the right, and you have miles of dunes in the middle there. So that's facing east? That's facing east. I don't think there's a better view in the world. Wow. How many bedrooms? Three bedrooms. And uh, yeah, I have had, just in the last month, I have had, major movie stars, and a billionaire rent this house. Um, so it's, uh, it's and all And I can with, see
0: the ocean or the bay?
3: That's the ocean there. Okay. This picture is the previous owner's furnishings. Just want to point that out. Of course. <laughs> you, you needed to qualify that. Had to, you know. And that's the house when it was originally built. In
2: 19, would you say, 61?
3: 61.
2: Wow. And you acquired it when?
3: I acquired it in 2018. That's amazing. That's what it looked like originally.
0: So then where do
2: you go?
3: Um, there's always another. House. It won't be quite like that one but there's, I firmly believe that there's always another house. Whenever I have clients who miss out on something, you know, I say there's always another house and there always is. Um, Own fire. I, not
0: elsewhere.
3: Absolutely. I wouldn't I hear. Move. He knows a guy. <laughs> I do. I do know a guy, um, you know, living in a pretty grand house like that for the last four years has been fantastic. Um, being there in the pandemic, uh, yeah watching the moon and sun rise in different spots throughout the entire year has been a wonderful experience. I have learned that I am more of a cottage guy. Um, So uh, someone with a little grander aspirations than I have will, will enjoy that place. It's all the way east. A lot of people consider it too far from town. But if you when you walk out to my boardwalk to the beach there, Even on the most crowded summer day, maybe you're going to see 20 people on that beach since I'm also that house is also next to the national park. You walk two or three hundred feet and there's nobody around you at all. So for somebody looking for real privacy at the beach, that's the ticket.
0: All right. I'm going to ask a hard question now.
3: When I Google
0: Fire Island and I pull up images. Uh huh. I don't get a picture of tranquility I get a lot of people partying
3: well I'm all for that
0: <laughs> and they and they're all buff and muscular and they're you know and they're having a great time on the beach so well, I mean, is this know. typical or is it or, or has it changed or is this just a part of it
3: I mean, if you're, if you look at all of this variety.com, Hulu.com prime video.com, there is a movie that came out this summer called fire Island, uh, which I won't discuss, but there's been a lot of press about that. And it's, um, you're seeing a lot of that. Now, if you look there at the empty boardwalks, that's there too. Okay. But, uh, certainly the, uh, in the pines in the grove, we like to have a good time. And, uh, you know, it's part of the culture here. It's also not something that you have to take part in. I have found um, that uh, like last summer, I was out a lot more. This summer I was much quieter, more dinner parties, things like that.
0: I was fascinated by this picture of, uh, of a downtown. Is this typical? Cause this is really pretty, really quaint, really old fashioned.
1: That's Ocean Beach. So, Ocean Beach, and to kind of segue into what you were saying before, how has it changed? Um, So, about four or five years ago, there was so much chaos in the bar scene at night that it was really disruptive. The ferries ended up stopping the 1am ferry back to the mainland because it was so raunchous, Party atmosphere that they needed to stop it earlier. So we are seeing now the last ferry, I believe, is 10 o'clock at night. So you have to be off the island or you need to have some place to sleep. That's all ocean beach right there.
2: Is there, are there any, just curious, are there any erosion issues? Like how did this island fare during Sandy, Hurricane Sandy and stuff like that?
3: well they just finished last summer a beach the army corps of engineers a beach replenishment project um so there was at least in the pines um less so in cherry grove there was damage there was flooding um but they uh they've replanted the dunes we have a double dune again the beach is wider uh the dune is really taking off and looking great but um we are on the waterfront anyone on the waterfront whether you're in the seaport or red hook or in the hamptons etc is vulnerable to coastal flooding and um, you really need to pay attention to what your risk tolerance is maybe how high above sea level your house sits because you can be high on the dune you can be in the valley of the dune um, but I haven't seen that that's stopping anybody out here. I mean, people are living their lives. They're still buying in the seaport, they're still buying in Red Hook and uh, all of those low-lying places that are vulnerable to flooding.
2: Is there a civic organization there, some sort of mayor? Who's in charge? Who's in
3: charge here? Who's in charge? That's a very good question. <laughs> um, we, have a, we have a property owners association here um but uh basically brookhaven is in charge of us
1: yes there's a a fire island homeowners association that kind of liaisons with brookhaven and islet and the fire Island national seashore that's the overarching group each town has their own association and um just to kind of dovetail with what was said before was um wait brookhaven way over here Yeah, so it actually splits Seaview in half. Brookhaven takes the uh, eastern side from Seaview over, and Iceland takes half of Seaview to the west. Does the mayor of Brookhaven even know
0: where you are? Sometimes we wonder. He's way over next to Mastic Beach, right? Right over Bellport. Yeah, Brookhaven, way over
1: there. Yep, exactly. So one of the things to think about when we're talking about um, coastal erosion mitigation is that we are the bastion against all of these towns here, these billions and billions of dollars worth of real estate here. So people wonder, you know, why are we replenishing the sand on fire Island for a few homeowners? Well, it's not for a few homeowners. It's for all these homeowners all along here that would get walloped if another Sandy comes through. Yeah. One of my houses was destroyed in Sandy. The other one had an inch of water, but if you've ever been through a flood, an inch is as good as four feet. So it's never, you know, it's painful, but it's certainly uh, something that we as island people have to deal with on a, infrequent, thank God, but we have to be a cognizant of it.
0: So it's five o'clock, we should say a few things about what we learned, a, f- a few words in conclusion. I mean, and, and and in my mind, I'll start with contrasting this to last week. I said, how's the Boston market? And they said, you know what? Boston's gonna do just fine because we got a thriving workforce, we got an educated workforce and we have the life sciences industry. And they talked a good deal about jobs underpinning the real estate market. And you've talked a good deal and 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 it was my favorite part of the hour talking about how the rental incomes are underpinning real estate values. And I got a very clear picture right away on why there won't be a recession in Fire Island, why uh, that a lot of people uh, are gonna be sitting there uh, very happy with their 2.5% interest rates, saying, why would I give up my 2.5% mortgage? Why would I give up my beautiful dream house uh, I can just rent it during the high season when the, the only 12 or 14 weeks that it's crowded here. And I can really use it on those shoulder seasons and in the winter because I know how to survive in the winter on, on, on uh, Fire Island. That's what I learned. I And it makes sense, perfect sense to me. Uh, and you said and you underscored that point saying you don't see a recession coming. You don't see prices coming down. And I think that that's what a lot of us in the real estate business want to understand, the fundamentals that are, are driving your market. That's what I learned. That was great. How would you conclude? What, did you, uh, what, what are the key takeaways, Roberto, Glenn?
2: Uh, for me, I, I think that uh, it's, it's, you know, I talked to you yesterday about this. It's like Palm Beach. It's a limited spot that has tremendous appeal that's close to the city. Uh, it's not crazy expensive. And it's something very different. It's very special. Just the fact that there's no cars there. And I think that's always going to have appeal. And the secondary market could suffer a little bit in the sense that if interest rates go up, there's not as much uh, peripheral money to go around. But I think that there's, with such a limited inventory, I think it's going to be extremely stable.
0: You can't go there because you have a Mustang and they won't let your Mustang on the island.
2: (laughs) My wife has a Mustang. (laughs)
0: So, Glenn, what's the great takeaway that we should we should come away with from this like Fire Island is open. Come on down or stay away. All you all you New Yorkers.
3: Well, you know, depends on your attitude, but everyone's welcome. Um, No, I think. You know, we didn't really talk about this, but I have met a number of people since I've been out here from New York who of course have heard of Fire Island, but were born in the city or have lived in the city for a long time and have never been to Fire Island. It seems like it's a really difficult trip to make when it's actually a very easy trip to make. Um, So I think what you were talking about in terms of the financial aspect of it, combined with the pristine nature of the beaches, um, the different communities, the welcoming communities, I think interest in the area is only going to increase
0: and rob take us home
1: leave your shoes on the mainland (laughs) enjoy (laughs) take all the pretentious and, and leave it away we don't want it on the island but come out enjoy take our take whatever resources we have the handful of restaurants the couple of bars Yes, the liquor stores. And if you need a flower or a uh, screw driver, <laughs> <you need laughs> hardware and, and and flower shop. So come on out.
0: All right. Uh, I, awesome. I, I am intrigued. I'm going to make the trip one of these days. This is uh, this was a great hour. Thank you, gentlemen, for yes, a you really you. great hour. I learned a lot about Fire Island, and uh, I want to come. So
2: thanks. Thanks for joining us, guys. Really appreciate it.
0: Johnny? Awesome. Thank you. See you.